0: reality radio for a really great future we're talking real money
1: hello and welcome once again to the daily edition of talking real money i'm don mcdonald thanks for listening i appreciate it 855-935-TALK is our phone number that's eight five five nine three 935 8255 because 8255 spells talk and it's a uh, talking but what we're doing about real money so if you have any questions about money issues of any kind you can call them in and i'll answer them on the daily podcast uh or you can call live when we're on on saturdays from three to five eastern time and we'll answer them there but either way we're going to answer your questions 855-935-TALK or you can send them in via talkingrealmoney.com our website that is the all-purpose website that is getting a major redesign here soon it's just really hard work. It's going to take me a while. Oh, it's always much harder than you think, isn't it? Oh, well. Welcome to the podcast. It's a Monday. And today I got the complete report from Standard Poor's, the SPIVA US scorecard. This just came out today. We had the preliminary numbers a couple of weeks ago, but I got the whole big, thick thing today. SPIVA stands for s&p index versus active so it's index the indexes versus active mutual fund managers and uh, last year the s&p 500 which is the big blue chip index was down four and a third percent 4.38 And that was uh, the first loss for a year in 10 years. The S&P mid-cap 400 dropped 11% for the year. The small-cap 600 lost 8.5% for the year. And how did active mutual fund managers do? Well, if you listen for any time at all, you know they underperformed. Most of them were beaten by simple, cheap indexes. As a matter of fact, now, 2018 was one of those years that was supposed to show us the strength, the power, the skills of active managers. Oh, just give us a down year, they said, after the past 10 years of underperformance. Just give us a down year, please. Well, they got their down year. And their down year was the forced, 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 yeah maybe that too was the fourth worst i just made a new word the fourth worst year for u.s active mutual fund managers since 2001 70 well 69 percent lagged the s&p 500 or the s&p 1500 composite for the year that is only exceeded by 2015 when 74 percent lagged the market 2011 when 85 percent lagged the market and 2014 when 87 percent lagged the market and every once in a while active managers have had an okay year 2009 only only 41 percent lagged the market in 2009 43 in 2013 so That's still a lot who don't beat the market, but it wasn't as terrible over one year periods. However, when you go out over extended periods of time, their performance against the indexes really looks awful, which leads you to believe that those short periods where they actually performed decently, you know, more than half beat the market, may just have been aberrations. Because when you look at all of the domestic stock funds in the U.S., Versus the S and P Composite fifteen hundred, which is the large, mid cap, and small indexes all combined. Over five years, eighty eight percent of mutual fund managers underperform the indexes. Over ten years, it's eighty five percent. Over fifteen years, it's eighty nine percent. It's terrible they perform horrifically. there's no point there is again no evidence whatsoever that mutual fund that active mutual fund managers provide anything of value to their customers nothing over 15 years the s&p composite the 1500 composite returned almost 8% per year 7.93% per year on average While all of the domestic funds in the country, this is all of them equally weighted, returned 6.5%. Mutual funds are being killed by the indexes in every single category. Large cap, small cap, mid cap, Uh, uh, real estate funds. The average real estate fund in the country did 7%, but the S&P real estate index did 8% and it's over and over and over again and it and it's even worse it's even worse for bond funds it's terrible the uh let me just look here i had it somewhere i think there was a bond one uh where did it go there we go uh government long-term bond funds under 98 of active managers underperform the index Investment-grade funds, 76% over 15 years, underperformed the index. So nobody's winning, even in something as easy to manage as bonds. You can't beat the market. The biggest reason, when you look at the difference in returns, most of the difference in returns can directly be connected to higher fees, the higher fees that managers charge. So let's assume that they all just do equally well. They, they do as well as the market. They do as well as the market. Their fees are going to turn those returns upside down. They're going to lose because of the higher fees. It just can't work. 855-935-TALK is our number, 855 935 And by the way, you can check the S&P stuff out at uh uh p Indices, uh, uh, dot com. You can see the, the scorecard there. It tells you a lot. And these things keep coming out all the time. 855-935-TALK. Call anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And let's go grab a phone call. Hello, Don. This is Kevin from Georgia, a long-time listener and a big-time fan of, of the Real Investing Journal and talking real money. I have a quick question. I'm 44, and I was wondering if you had any rules of thumb for what percentage of retirement savings should be in Roth versus pre-tax. Obviously, I understand that Roth is ideal, but for someone in an effective tax rate of about 16%, should I over the next few years convert any pre-tax to Roth? Or is there a sweet spot or advantage of keeping some as pre-tax? I struggle with all or nothing sometimes, and I'm looking forward to what you would suggest. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for your loyalty. I really appreciate it. Oh, the question, how much in Roth versus how much in, uh, in, in eventually taxable or just deferred accounts? Well, my answer is I want as much as I can have in Roths. I'd, I'd have everything in Roths because there's just nothing like taking growing money tax-free and taking it out tax-free. You just can't beat it. It's wonderful. If I could have every penny I own in Roths, I would be very happy because you can take. there's no downside. You can take it out once you're retired after 59 and a half. But whether to convert or not, Whether to convert the the qualified assets, the IRAs, the 401ks, and the like into Roths really depends on a couple of things. One, your current tax bracket, and as you said, yours is low right now. That's good. Two, it appears that you're a saver. You're an investor. So what do you expect your bracket will be like in retirement? If you think you're going to pay a little bit more in taxes, plus you're worried about getting hit on your social security and the like you may want to do some more conversion right now you're, you're in a low enough bracket convert enough that it keeps you from creeping up a bracket that requires a little pre-tax planning but that would be my only qualifier on it is convert up to the next bracket and if you think you're going to be in a higher bracket in retirement convert all you can without hurting yourself in the short run Again, I would have everything, though, everything in Roths if I could. There's no reason to have that magic mix between the two. It's just a matter of where you saved initially and what your situation was then. There there may have been times when you needed the deduction of the regular accounts, and now that you don't, Roths make more sense. So I would fund Roths, but I would do a little conversion, too. Thanks very much for the call. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. 855-935-8255. If you have a quick question, leave it at that number. I'll answer it on one of the future podcasts. Listen every day. And if you have a bigger question, a lot of people say, well, Don, I didn't know you also now run an investment advisory firm. For most of the time I did my talk show, my national talk show, people kept saying, well, why don't you just run an investment advisory firm? Because you're at least honest. And so I finally did. Along with my good friend and partner Tom Cock, who've I, who who i have worked with for years. used to own a radio station I was on. Uh, we formed a company called Vestry. And the thing about Vestry is it is the one of the few non-pushy investment firms in the world. Our advisors aren't on sales quotas. They they're they're there to help. If you want to become a client, we'd love for you to be a client, but if you just need help, we have devoted this firm to helping everybody we will help everybody we won't manage your money for the rest of your life for free because that would be just foolish we do have to make a living keep the lights on and keep these podcasts on but if you need some help go to talkingrealmoney.com and click on the the button for uh for an appointment with an advisor you can do an appointment on the phone on video on any means you feel comfortable with and i promise you they're not going to sell you or pitch you or pressure you into doing anything there's no cost and no obligation of course if you go like over an hour we're going to ask that maybe you become a client or We're going to have to cut it a little short, but then you can always call the show. 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. I'm Don McDonald. Thanks for listening.
0: other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee registered investment advisor. Thanks
1: for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures.
0: That <laughs> should keep the lawyers happy.